Welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly ranted podcast. Uh, I'm Sam Melancon of Debacle Records. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. Every week, we uh, pick a song up from Rancid's discography, and uh, we talk about it and our complicated feelings about song and Rancid and life. <laughs> uh, this week was my pick, and I picked Backslide off of Life Won't Wait. Last year, just take your dreams away, one in the crown. At the end of the day, it's your life, your loss, and you can't turn the clock around. I said, Oh my god, you're gonna have results, I want you, but I miss your shot. You let yourself get in all kinds of danger, shouldn't I be gonna get cocked? The hell is here, it's like you're the cruel one in a million. So, yeah, so backslide. Smack dab in the middle of Life Won't Wait, the 1998 album, uh, right sort of at the peak of Rancid's uh, popularities. It's the follow-up album to Now Come the Wolves. Uh, it, we've talked a little bit about it. It's sort of their, their, I really like thinking about it as their victory lap record where they had the money from the first record and they just go record in a bunch of different places. I'm almost certain this one was recorded in uh, New Orleans. Uh, Bob Ludwig mastered it, which is the guy you go to if you want have a lot of money. You know, basically right. he's mastered everything <laughs> on the planet. You know, uh, it just is a big, beautiful sounding record with a lot of ideas in it. Some of them good, some of them bad. And um, there were some guest musicians. There's horns on this song. Uh, the one that jumps out to me is Dave Hilliard from the Slackers, which mm-hmm. at some point we'll kind of talk about how he has this running group of like he has to have his like in his pocket ska or reggae band so that when he wants to do something with a ska or reggae band he kind of has one that's like kind of beholden to him as his background players uh it's a pattern that he's had and yep. right now is right when they were picking up with Vic Ruggiero and the Slackers who's all they're all over this record um but Dave Hilliard's the saxophone player from that band um Backslide is uh seem I I kind of had an idea of what the song was in my mind when I picked it, because it was like, oh, that's that soul rave up song, and it's about backsliding. And I had a memory of a interview that I could not find that was him talking about some of the songs oh, really? on this record being about him backsliding a little bit, and like the basically the grace that people around him gave him when he messed up, because you know a lot of his story up to that point was he was a recovered guy, right? And it's this, you know, there is some truth to like there is like. The first time you backslide, first or second time you backslide as a addict, you actually get a lot of derision. But like, I'm an addict. You know what I mean? Like, like right. what are you talking yeah. about? Like, like that that tends to be people's, uh, you know, reaction They're, to a right. backsliding person. But um, I actually couldn't find that. And revisiting the song, it feels more like a parable of somebody going to Hollywood and that there's junkies and dealers everywhere, and you're done with the parties and you're sitting at the bus stop, and you're like. Fuck man, you know, like it kind of has this disillusion, and I couldn't really tell if it was about huh. him or about this larger idea. Yeah, see, I always thought it was more about like the industry and like yes, there is 100%. especially like the like the um, you know the junkies been dealing, but this time the drugs are you, and they ain't gonna stop till they get what they want. Yeah. Uh, you know, like. 100% like I but that still to me could be the Hollywood tearing people up yeah 
parable versus um, L.A. Hollywood music, the, all those things tearing people up, or a hell, I just couldn't tell if it was a personal version of that or right explicitly. More. I'm sure it's both, right? But like explicitly personal or more implicitly, you know, like uh, you know, this is what happens. It's a very L.A. song, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and you know, I thought speaking about the lyrics and uh, the bridge, like Lars Bridge, I thought, like obviously yeah. there's the, there's kind of like the obvious straightforward meaning but i also was kind of thinking about it in the context of like this record and mm-hmm. um you know everyone ex- rancid's like this three chord punk band right that's what they that's what everybody like has them pigeonholed at and people get a lot of people got mad when they didn't when they did this record i think if i remember right oh, yeah. um and so I, 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 I don't know. I kind of like that sort of double meaning in there. I don't even know. If, it's probably not necessarily intended I mean, that it, way, but whether or not uh, it is, it, it's a worth worthy talking point because yes, his his bridge is. Have you ever been haunted by your past? And he's he's really trying hard for Lars. Man, to that's, do this he, he really full thing. Yeah, like he really kind of puts himself out there on that because it's. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like he's right on the edge of it being like he was missing a little bit, but like. I think it's just like, yeah, he found the edge of his, you know, his abilities. And and it actually is a pretty nice little... Because the song itself, like, I, you said you had some thoughts on this song, uh, which now has me all interested. Because to me, coming back to that song and listening to it a lot, I always just really appreciated that there's sort of this dual thing for me of, like, they get pegged as being the ska punk band, right? Yeah. They have very few ska songs in their right. discography. Well, and, I, you know, the th- one of the things I love about this song... So, like, my big overall take about this is that I think this, you know, there's, like, there's tiers of rancid songs, right? Yep. This is, like, top fucking tier. Okay, good. This is, like, I mean, this is somehow in the past week become probably one of my, like, ten favorite rancid songs. I absolutely, (laughs) I love it. It's, it's, go ahead, sorry. So, back to, yeah, so back to the ska thing. I love so the char- like kind of character and like tone of the horns is so that prototypical ska kind of mm-hmm. but it I love that it's in the context of a song that is not that at all. It's this soul rave up song, right? Yeah. Like it's a party soul song. Really. I kind I kind of so I, one of my notes on it, I think it's like Springsteen-esque. Oh yeah, big time. Like, this whole album in general has this big I mean them in general I think right. has a Springsteen vibe. But yes, you're very right with like that sort of like and like the E Street Band, like I can, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like picturing like Stephen Van Zant like singing this song with <laughs> yeah. like Tim and Lars, and it doesn't seem out of place. No, not at all. And I think there is this sort of like continuation of love for. There's a type of person that comes to like Joe Strummer's music, yeah, this music and Springsteen and sees a continuum. You know what I mean? And they get this one sort of working class singer-songwriter vibe from it and it's funny that like a lot of springsteen stuff are these sort of solely rave ups you know kind of right like and you're right that this is and and this is another time i think we're gonna do this for so much of this thing of like why was this a one-off yeah well and i wonder you know it's interesting because you were talking about in the intro how like life won't wait is sort of the at their peak right it was yeah so and admittedly indestructible maybe throws a bit of a wrench in this but it also feels like it's also the beginning of their decline and not musically but as far as um i don't know i mean 
were the, I don't think they were ever this big again, were they? I, yeah, I, it's the apex, right? Like, like right. I think that there's this, like, more and more I'm, like, shuffling the sort of, like, almost, like, the career arc graph in my head because it's, like, yeah. where I always think of things. And it's, like, yes, you get this huge burst from Alk and the Wolves, and then it's this, like, they're on the top of the world and they do Life Won't Wait, and the people who like it, like, and the people who don't are kind of, like, I still love Ranted. There's songs on this I like. You know, it would be hard-pressed to be, like, you were a Rancid fan before to like throw out this, you know, like this opens with blood clot, you know, like there's just, yeah. there's so many good songs on this. And I actually am kind of an apologist for most of this album. I don't think there's a lot of, I like the clunkers too. You know what I mean? Um, My opinion on this album has changed drastically in the last two months that we've been doing there. However long we've oh, been doing it because so much success. Yeah, I, I mean, it. and this, I, yeah, I, I just, I can't get over how, freaking good this song is it's such a great little song and it it's so um i was kind of telling you that like it's so pleasing yeah and it's just kind of roll it's got this like laid back open air feel when the horns kind of laid back and midway through mm-hmm. um like we're right before they go back into the chorus and like i think that's like halfway through the song i just love it and i i kept trying to sit and listen and sort of dissect this song and every time I did, I started doing something else because I was just kind of bopping along, dancing, like having right. a good time. And it goes by like that. It's not the shortest Rancid song by any stretch of the imagination. It's like three minutes long. But very quickly, it's it's also very much paired with the song that follows up. To me, they feel like a pair. Absolutely. When I think of the arc of this record and who would have thought it's this song that I, I totally get why a lot of people would fucking hate that song. And it's about, oh, great, your child ride. But like, um, like... That combination, they almost Child feel like one big song. Hey, man. I know, I know. I just it hurts. It, I so know. Like, so the, you know, the it is weird how much those two songs feel like they kind of got. Well, and even just like sonically, like sonically, like they, because I, I did the same thing. Like I was listening to it, and the, there were times I wouldn't even like it would be halfway through. Um, who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? And I was like, oh shit, we're on the deck song. I need to be paying attention to the one before it. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I was, at that point, like I I just put it on like this song on repeat and probably I would just, I. It's so did, good. I never got sick of it. <laughs> it's just such a good, it's a, it's literally a bop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like this song is a, this is classic why do i love rancid why do i have a good time with rancid what when do i think they're doing their best work it's like it's kind of this streetwise interesting story about disillusionment it has the sad thing that most pop punk can't come close to it's got this like you said like springsteen sort of vibe and um and the they went and used their money and paid really good session musicians yeah and, and like it's an album where it's it clearly cost a lot of money to make this record, but they absolutely got their money's worth and then some. Yeah, you know? like and, there's a lot of records you hear where it's you know you'll read about like the budget or whatever, and it's and you sit and listen to it, think, why the fuck did they spend all this money? But this <laughs> and it was all not... on drugs in the studio, right? <laughs> right yeah, right, you know? exactly. And on this record, it's I mean you hear it, it's it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's also I always think of this album as him getting over just not giving a fuck about his own voice you know what i mean like he was Mm -hmm. trying so many things and failing like this one has those really like puberty like 
things, you know, like on it. And well, and, and, and Lars even kind of gets there on the course for that. I mean, we were talking, or not the course, the bridge. I mean, the bridge, yeah, exactly. It's like, um, I mean, uh, listening to it on headphones and like and really listening close on that. Uh, the first half of that bridge, he is struggling, but not in a, uh, it, in a not in a way that bothers me. It kind of adds like, to the song. He's pushing, you know what I mean? Have you ever been That's kind of the theme of Life Won't Wait for me yep. is, oh, we were talking about art, but yeah, like, so the theme is let's try all these things. And a lot of people compare it to Sandinista, but Sandinista is for The Clash, which is sort of, they had these similar arcs of like punk, mm-hmm. slightly less punk than this art rock band, right? And like, and then funny enough, both of them also went kind of conservative back afterwards. Um, but like. Uh, really this is their london calling i think like this is their mm. this is their like expand slight yeah. expansion of the sound you know and it and it's like a big heavy double record you know it's it's got a lot of things but a sequence brilliantly you know as we've talked about mm-hmm. Branson seems to sequence really well and it just i think this deserves so much love and i just think more and more i'm going this run from outcome the wolves to 2000 is the rancid run you know what i mean like i am i love let's go i have a lot of feelings for let's go right no i I would not hand it to anybody today it would be like way low on the list of things i'd be like oh if you want to get into rancid listen let's go i i just wouldn't no yeah i yeah no i mean i i agree with that i for because yeah i mean for a long time it was like let's go and out come the wolves for me but no i don't disagree because it's especially um, I mean, in, in recent years, it's been uh, in Outcome of the Wolves and Rancid 2000, and this was kind of this weird, murky area for me, because I just, like, this came out, what, 98? Is that? 98, yeah. Um, So I was in my second year of college, and I was not paying any attention to what the, you know, it was It was so far off my radar. I mean, I, I think I listened to it a couple times, but, um, and I think that was the year... No, not, yeah, there was a lot going on. <laughs> 99 was when I dropped out of college, just beginning of 99. Got it, got it, uh, But, yeah, so coming back to it, and especially thinking of it in between those two records, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that is a three-record run that is, I mean, A, they're great, they're, they're great records, but they're also, they have, they're so different. In a, like, yeah, all, there's this, like, really crisp, poppy sad emo right you know like really beautiful like like little gems of songs on an outcome of the wolves right you know yeah and then there's like okay the aperture is so wide now we're gonna do everything we're gonna sound amazing we're gonna get yeah. everybody gonna tra- we know on we're the gonna record. travel the world we're gonna travel the world yeah record all over the place get kind of like worldly in mm-hmm. there's like there's this kind of you know there's this huge crash back to this conservatism that happens around right after ranted 2000 yeah. Um, there's some records that are abhorrently close-minded and shitty coming from this group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From Transplants to the Viking fucking record to, like, <laughs> there's some bad stuff here, right? Like, the world was also kind of shitty and music was 
allowing a, a lot of shittiness. You it was know? a really fucking like ninety eight was the last good year of music before two thousand three, basically, right? Like like there was this huge gap of like yeah. pop culture is about to take a nosedive. People are rich. Uh, nothing. There's no war <laughs> happening yet. You know, like there there there's this weird kind of uh, Clinton idealism happening right now in in the world, and I'm you know uh, in like barely in high school probably and um i loved 98 for this like everybody kind of did their like get out of their box record you know who were big in like the 90s i always really really associate the the album that i went and bought and was like this is my beastie boys album was hello nasty which is very similar in my mind where it's just they just took they just opened the the floodgate and just said every idea is is allowed what year did what year did okay computer come out that was like one, one year before. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's the same kind of... It's the same chunk of time. You're yeah. exactly right. This is the post-90s, two waves of 90s things, and then this is the sort of everybody has their money and their budget, and they go a little crazy. You know, interesting. Even, like, Blur was interesting around this time. Like, there's this weird thing where not interesting bands suddenly got interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's true. Like, you go... Like, I'm not saying go listen to Blur today, right. but, like... There's this funny pattern of if you look at the 97, 98, 99 sort of class, like that's when the more interesting, even things I, I actively dislike, you would say they're most interesting records. Like that's the Marilyn Manson glam record. That's the, right. um, yep. you know what I mean? Like there's, there's this sort of openness to the ideas well, that and it's, I really yeah, like. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I started going down a, ra- a Radiohead rabbit hole online here. Life's reading really quick while you're talking. Just, but... <laughs> As a sort of like parallel thing, so it's like they did OK Computer in '97, mm-hmm. and then Kid A in 2000, and you look at you know Life Won't Wait, and then Rancid. You know, I don't know. It's kind of because it's. I mean, obviously Radiohead is very different, and I'm not. Um, if I'm going to talk about Radiohead, I should go get my wife because like that's her favorite band ever. <laughs> but, um, but it, it just to me it highlights what a fucking weird time. It was a very weird time, and it yeah, 100. percent And. I'm more than happy to talk about Radiohead on our Ransom podcast anytime you want. <laughs> Speaking of which, I made my first connection, which is Bob Ludwig did, you know, a couple of Radiohead records and Ransom and this. Oh, Ransom yeah, there, so you there you go. There you go. I figured that out this week. Uh, yeah, I just it's I don't know. Like this is to me talking going back to sort of that career arc. This is them at the plateau and them opening the aperture so wide and going everything is allowed. Yeah. And I wanted even more, right? Like I wanted. We've talked about this a lot, right? And and I love Rancid 2000, but it's such a, like an interesting bubble of like, and then they did this, and that's kind of the button, and but like you really need Life on White and 2000 to tell the whole story, right? Right, absolutely. And, Especially, and, I mean, because 2000 was at least I mean it was such a reaction to. It seems like the, it's hard to it's hard to spin it any other way, right? Yeah. Like, like okay, we did that huge record. Now we're just gonna sit with each other and do this like, like, you know, DB well, not, sort of record. You and know? not like, not only did like we did this huge record, and, and I don't think it was like universally acclaimed. No, I think it was critically acclaimed, and then most fans were like, "Oh, this is their weird reggae record, right?" Yeah, and I and so in in that context too, like Rancid Two Thousands feels more like, "Well, fine, fuck you." Like we're gonna. Which was so funny to me. I fully agree with what you're saying, and that's the truth. <laughs> but what's so funny to me is 2000 feels so much more experimental. To oh, me. I know. I know. That's yeah. I think. But I think to most people, it's like, oh, that's their roots record. You know, like. Yeah, but it. I mean, it. It takes the. 
experimentalism of life won't wait and kind of puts it through this prism of it's like crust punk you know yeah it's like i mean it's, punk. it's like I mean, it's the life won't wait that's yeah like squatting in the <laughs> yeah the exactly it's just like we're gonna write it in two days on you know it feels like it was written by a bunch of people on speed and then like you know <laughs> squatting in some like yeah like european public, yeah you know like it really does but like it has song structures that are very interesting but it has this overarching yeah. like like pointed focus right 2000 for the most part other than the one song we've covered from right 2000. yeah but and i think a lot of the, a lot of the the kind of weird ideas on the, I, were born out of this record yeah I, like, i'm like, sure the expansion that comes from life won't wait be like creates the focus of 2000 right like you don't yeah. you don't get there without one without the other you know and as we've talked about like if rancid stopped at 2000 that <laughs> it's like one of the all-time great run like yeah exactly and you know we're we're dipping our toes into sort of the later stuff for a long time for both of us you know indestructible was sort of off limits though we're starting to find value in it and like yeah. i haven't even attempted for the other ones but um <laughs> but like it is this weird tragedy of like you know not to be a broken record but like I think there's something so beautiful about Life Won't Wait, and I think, um, I, I think it's one of another one of those times where it's like, I really would love to see them fulfilling the promise of these records. You know, in it's a lot the, of ways, this the, was it's the, the fulfillment. It's the sliding doors moment. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, like, imagine if after this record they leaned even more into like, what being, if all his hip-hop and like weird psyche stuff from let me go and like all that stuff was just allowed to exist inside of rancid and they kept bringing mm -hmm. people in and they kept they did their sandinista right like they did their art yeah rock downtown record you know what i mean like i i i kind of like why not for the loss of that <laughs> you know why did we get transplants and skinhead rob and not yeah you know and maybe this is the limits of where they they felt comfortable and obviously tim kept wanting to go in this direction and they've let him do it a little bit but for the most part he does that via hellcat and his weird like you know puppet yeah. mastering of like the interrupters and things like that but like the and you know his person his solo record is probably the closest follow-up to this record in a lot of ways but like there is we've talked about there's an alchemy with rancid and the three voices and the three yep. songwriters um you just and, it just doesn't even when he does that on his own it just it's not it doesn't the feel same. the same you know yeah. and so i i love this record and i sort of i thought i was going to come out of this process like going like uh maybe life oh it's more cringy than i remember it and it's like no this <laughs> this song is so good oh the last thing i want to say about life won't wait not that we have to pick everything in the life won't wait i i don't know if you'll agree but i think rancid covers are pretty bad Oh yeah, on there, balance. I remember. Gosh, I, there was one that came out last year or something. Was, I think it was maybe an outcome the wolves. I don't know, but somebody, I'm, a friend of mine, sent it to me. And he's like, "Oh man, I think this is pretty good. I think some of these are even better than the originals." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And then I listened to it. I was like, "No, dude, this is come on." Oh no, hold on. I'm talking about album covers. Oh, sorry. I thought we were, okay. No, no, totally valid. But like. Yeah, album uh, covers. Oh, okay, yeah, album, let me okay. just restate that. I don't, like, album, if we yeah. can, yeah, yeah. I'll edit that out. I probably won't. So the one that. thing I want to say is that, like, about this record was that, in general, Rancid album covers, the album image, is 
they're pretty bad. Like yeah. they're pretty universally boring and they're just super generic. Bad to to find. Outcome of the Wolves is very iconic, but if you look at it, it's kind of a mess. Um, I think this one's so such a like rancid, like God damn it, rancid thing of. I think this cover is one of the most like interesting, moving kind of like you could put it up against old Neil Young covers and like all like like I think it looks it has this brilliant you know yeah. character motion character sitting and then it's got the great you know weird skull that is super iconic and then they put the worst text treatment I've ever seen on top of it and it just breaks my heart and oh, on uh, the on the album title. On the album yeah. type, uh, the Life Away has this very generic yeah, kind of I'm like cut and pasty, right and, it, and it's oh, like, it's such a like, you, you get in your own way. I mean, it's probably it's kind of of the time, you know what I mean? Like sure. it's one of those things where in the moment it probably looks kind of cool, but like it looks so bad Photoshop to me now. And like, yeah, the the back of it on the original disc and and that cover, these Lars photos that he took, really evoke. Like, I feel like they really thought they were trying to get in the pantheon of, like, great rock records. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. like, and I feel like even that cover, they put more effort into that cover than they've put into, like, um, every other one cover. combined, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it, it has meaning and it has all this life to it. And it and it's like, again, why why not more of this? Like, what... Like what was so great about this moment? And it probably was. They were young. They were successful. The world was kind of in a great place, and they were, they were feeling like they, you know, they had all this, you know, you yeah. know. I'm sure there was all sorts of bad and good things happening, but like, I, you know, why not more of this sort of soulful rave up? Why not more of, you know, this, I, all the things that they were trying? You know, I think they that's were kind of a, an interesting. You said how it's all of it's kind of just it's like this great rock record right mm -hmm. um and it seems like that's kind of what that's what they were going for and mm. it's this goes back to something we've talked about a lot but it and it, it makes me think like listening to this record it and and especially like the trajectory from like let's go to out and out come the wolves in this they wanted that's kind of what they were they wanted to be like I think it was like they didn't want to just be this punk band, yeah. And that, but it, you know, so they put out or this. Or maybe record. some different members felt differently about. That well, too. yeah, and that could be, but, and then, I don't, you know, it just wasn't received that way, and it was like the, and you, yeah, you know, you think about it in the context of the song and the bridge and the lyrics and what he's talking about, but it's like, it's like people wouldn't let them be, you know, they they are so, in this, like they're so pigeonholed as this, punk band, that. I don't know. It's like the world like won't let them like out of it. Street punk band, right? Like, which is even more like, like narrow, hardcore, <laughs> narrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and so yeah, I think I think that whether or not that's meant, I think that's a great read of the song in in the context of this sort of yeah, what, and just what I mean, happened here, and and just I'm looking at the cover now, and it's like, man, if you removed that, I mean, I, you know, I'm a person who always loves album covers that have no text on it, but God, if you mm -hmm. just remove the album cover, you could even leave the like the logos fine. Um, yeah. Oh my God, I mean that's yeah, it's fantastic, and it's yeah, and and then they, it's another one of those times where it's like, what what was the alchemy on this record? You know, like why was this one? elevated in a certain way not not in you know they had other great records that right were good in different ways but this one has this sort of i guess it's the record where they were trying real hard 
Yeah. And maybe that's hard. Maybe that's not fun to do all the time. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I mean, it's very clear that they are really pushing themselves. Um, oh yeah. And you know, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that can be exhausting, but, <laughs> um, but Hey, yeah, that's, I would argue that I mean, listening to some of the performances on Rancid 2000, that sounds exhausting too. So, yeah. um, but, anyway. but, but yeah, uh, I'm really glad you picked this song. Cause like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I would have gone back and listened to this song and then listened to the, like as much as I did without it. And I'm like, this is top 10 Rancid for me. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah, people should check this one out. It's a hidden gem in their discography. It's like right in the middle of the record that's huge and like it slides right by and you're like Yeah. And it's I, a, I think it it's a great run of song. Like that Oh uh, yeah. I mean, like well, I'm not I won't start talking about the other songs around it cuz we'll leave those for those episodes, but <laughs> um, yeah. It's a good one. All right. Okay, so this is the point where I would normally announce my pick for next time, but Next episode, we are going to have our first guest. I was going to say guest host, but I don't, I mean, I don't, whatever. It doesn't matter. So, um, our friend Josh Mason, who is a really great experimental artist, makes really fantastic records. He and I had a band together called Old Surfers at one time. But he and I, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about Rancid and Lookout and that kind of era of punk. Um, he was a big fan, grew up with it too. So he gets the pick and he has told me the pick so I know the pick but this is Sam's first time hearing it so for next week we're going to stick with Life Won't Wait mm. but we're going to talk about the intro oh that's so brilliant <laughs> yes oh that's great good job Josh that's great and he uh, and he, I, is, he I, told me he has like some whole angle on it so I'm really and I have no idea what it is so I'm excited to see what I, I'm excited for that so yeah. Normally this would be your pick, and next week's going to be your pick. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm for everybody. I'm. This is you don't know about this. <laughs> okay. I have a challenge for you. Okay. You know, take whatever you're going to pick, throw it into the future. Okay. I have a challenge for you. I will do this challenge with you. Oh Jesus. Okay. I need you to pick, listen to, and pick the best song from "Let the Dominoes Fall." And like the, the as far I've rolled through it a couple of times. As far as I can tell, it's the worst rented record by leaps and bounds. I I have no idea what the best song is. Okay. I have no. I I tried this really quickly. It's it's gonna be a real challenge, right? Okay. I will also pick one. Okay. If we have the same one, if we come up to the same place, which sometimes we're really in lockstep, so we we might yeah. pick the same one. We'll just do an episode. If we don't, my following episode will be my track. Okay, so we may be doing two. We might be doing falls. two. You know, we might lose all of our yeah. listeners. All the momentum we're building is going to get thrown in the trash. I'm just putting it straight into the dirt. Uh, no, I, like I, I think this will be a delight and a great punishment for both of us. <laughs> uh, delight for the listeners. Of punishment for us. Pun complete punishment. Can you find a shining? What it, like even if it's horrible, just what in what relative the... state? is best the best song from that record okay so yeah what i'm gonna have to do now as soon as we wrap this up is i'm gonna have to go listen to it because i've i don't think i have listened to it from beginning to end since mm -mm. the first time i listened to it i remember um, 
Are we doing the literally uh, getting three songs into it when it came out and turning it off? <laughs> yeah. Are I've we never doing, done that with a Rancid record in my life. Are we you know doing I mean? the regular version or the deluxe version? Is the deluxe version the one with the acoustic? <laughs> Yeah, none of those are good. Uh, no, I don't think any of those are good. No. Uh, main album. Okay. Let I always want to call it Roll the Dice. It's Let the Dominoes Fall. Maybe I'll just start calling it Roll the Dice. Uh, We're going to roll the dice and yeah, find let the, the Dominoes Fall. And see what. And yeah, and so we'll see if, what, if we see, come up with the same one. And perhaps so that's in two episodes from now. We got Josh next week. Yeah. And then. Okay. And, this, and this could ultimately be the demise of our entire podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay, God. I'm a little terrified, but I'm excited. This is going to be hilarious. Um, maybe maybe there'll be a surprise. I yeah, don't think who so. Who knows? Maybe we'll come around on some stuff. Yeah, I have my doubts. Doubt it. But... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram, at RancidPod. And next week, we'll see you with Josh Mason. All right. Have a good week, Sam. Thank you.